All right, Alexander, let's talk about the historic uh, Arab League summit in Saudi Arabia. And of course, the, the big story is uh, Assad. Assad Absolutely. and Syria are, uh, are back. I think it's been 12 years. And um, it's interesting. They're going to be meeting with people, with governments that tried to regime change them, which is kind of interesting. But this is, this is politics and this is diplomacy, I guess. So uh, what, do you, what do you make of this uh, historic development? This is diplomacy and this is politics. And again, I want to just say something. I mean, the fact that Assad is prepared to do that, that he's prepared to go to Saudi Arabia and meet the king and his son, MBS, and meet other Arab leaders who try to overthrow him and have him killed, tells you something about the kind of person Assad is, that he's an absolute realist, that he's an extraordinarily tough-minded person, that he's prepared to put the feelings he must have about this to one side, and that he's prepared to sit down and talk with these people and get back to being their friends. Now, can I just say, before we proceed, that Salman, King Salman, when he was still Prince Salman, was apparently one of the most fervid supporters within the Saudi royal family of the regime change operation in Saudi Arabia. So, you know, the, the fact that, you know, King Salman is receiving Assad tells you, the, you know, the nature of politics, the nature of politics in the Middle East, but, you know, it also tells you something about Assad's personality, that he's prepared to sit down and talk with this man and meet with Saudi officials and do all of those things because he obviously sees it as in his country's interest to do that, and, of course, in his personal interests too. So Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia receives Syria, Syria now back in the Arab League, President Raisi of Iran, he's recently been to Syria as well, uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia negotiating, uh, um, you know, engaged in a rapprochement, um, Iran about to import Suhoi 35 fighters from Russia. All very, very big events. And the United States out in the cold, criticising all this from the, from the, you know, the, the sidelines, basically cut out of all of the discussions. We said this already, but there it is. The film, the pictures of Assad in Saudi are all there. And, of course, 12 years ago, it would have been impossible. Yeah. And we've said that all that's left now is, uh, is Turkey. Yeah. That's the, that's the last missing piece, which I'm sure we'll get after the elections. I'm sure yes. we'll, we'll resolve yes. that as well. Yes, absolutely. Because, of course, remember the Tur Turkey, Erdogan has had difficult relations with the Saudis as well. But apparently, to put it mildly, I mean, he, he basically called MBS a, a murderer uh, uh, after the Khashoggi business and all that. And apparently that's now all been sorted out. You know, Erdogan and MBS are also now the best of friends again, or at least they're not friends. They're at least on reasonably good terms with each other. So it, it tells you something about the nature of politics in the Middle East. You might be deadly enemies one day. You can be friends again the next. You can't assume in Middle Eastern affairs that um, hostilities are always there forever. 
But Assad has played his cards with extraordinary skill. He's established himself now as the unchallenged president of Syria. I mean, there's no conceivable way that any uh, any challenge to him could be mounted in Syria itself. So he's pulled it off in Syria, and he's managed to bring Syria back right into the centre of Middle East politics. And you're starting to see a radical change in the whole structure of the Middle East, with the Syrian war being the catalyst. It was the war too far. The neocons tried to overthrow him. And in the end, what they've done is that in the Middle East, they've overthrown themselves. Yeah. Which, uh, which meeting do you think is getting more, more attention or is more important, the G7 in, uh, in Japan or the Arab League summit? Oh, of course, the Arab League summit is by far the more important. The G7 is just, I mean, the G7 hasn't done anything of you, anything useful for decades. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, a completely, it's just, it just brings together the leaders of the West, the collective West, as we, everybody now calls it, by the way. Russians, the Russians coined that expression, just, 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 just to say. But it brings together the leaders of the collective West. They issue this enormously long communiques that they do. They come up with all these various assertions, the, uh, you know, statements, you know, broad brush statements about, you know, the state of the world and all of that. They're going to impose more sanctions on the Russians because what else can they do? And that's the only positive actual thing that they would do. But the real decisions are now being made elsewhere. And the Arab League summit shows us that the decisions, important decisions are now being made in Riyadh. Assad is in coming to Riyadh, well, he is actually in Riyadh, he's in Saudi Arabia. That is an actual decision, I mean, a decision by Saudi Arabia and Syria to reconcile. That is an actual decision, that is something that changes the geopolitical system. What is going to come out of Japan, the G7, is just hot air. I mean, sanctions and more sanctions and more sanctions and it's just more bellicose rhetoric against Russia and, and China and our values. But the, the Arab uh, League, I mean, they're going to they're going to do business. Yes. yes. What do you expect yeah. to, to come out of out, out of this summit? I mean, we're, we're going to see well, real big shifts take place. Well, the, the first thing that is going to happen, the first item on the agenda is to get the American troops out of eastern Syria. I mean, the Turks are leaving. Erdogan wants them to go. He, I mean, it was his idea to send them there in the first place. I think he now recognises that this is a big mistake. He wants to find some kind of face-saving way to pull the troops out. If the Turkish opposition were to win the elections, which I don't think anybody expects now, anybody seriously expects now, um, they would pull those troops out even faster. So all that's left is the American troops in Syria. So with Syria back in the Arab League, America is illegally occupying Arab land. And that's, I think, something which people haven't understood internationally, but that's what people are going to start saying. You're going to see increasing pressure from the Arab states for the American troops to leave to leave 
um, to leave eastern Syria. And sooner or later, they will have to go. But that's the first item on the agenda. The second is um, increasing integration of the Arab states in the Eurasian system. And that inevitably means a steady move, movement away from the dollar. That's, that's now, it seems to me, inevitable. I mean, Marco Rubio, of all people, understands this. He's been writing a whole series of articles about this, which is starting to appear even in the British media, that the dollar is losing its position as the dominant uh, currency and that its position is now under challenge in ways that it has never been up to now. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add on, on this, or should we wrap it up? Well, I think the, uh, just to go back to the G7, what they're all going to be doing there is what, they're all, what they always do. It's going to be this comfort blanket that they pull over themselves. They're all going to meet. They're all going to agree with each other. You're going to have people like Macron quietly. He knows that this is all rubbish, but he goes along because that's what Macron always does. The Japanese also, I think, quietly know that this isn't really making any kind of sense, but they are too trapped in their um, geopolitical corner to escape. So they'll quietly continue to buy Russian oil and Russian gas, but they'll go along with it. And in the meantime, the others will pretend that all is well, that they're still masters of the universe. Biden will still be presented as you know, the president, not just of the United States, but of the entire planet. And we will see them retreat further into the world of illusion because that's what they're doing now. I agree. All right. The Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, and Telegram. And go to the Duran shop. 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.